watch TV now. It's been a whole day. Clarissa, please. Come on, Mom. Don't you wish you were watching television, too? Clarissa Marie, darling, I have no desire to ever watch TV again. Oh, Mom, don't you wish you were curled up in a cozy comforter with a warm cup of hot chocolate, watching a wonderful old grainy black and white movie, something with Humphrey Bogart and Inger Bergman, say, Casablanca? Welcome back to Thank Fucking God It's Friday, finally. Uh, I'm Drew. And I'm Katie. And we're here today to talk about a show who uh, the main character has now been used as a meme for explaining white supremacy on Facebook. Yeah, that is just the weirdest thing. Like, the most out-of-nowhere reference, and why would they use that? Like, I get it, because we're, we're talking about uh, Clarissa Explains It All. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I guess because she did news bulletins and she explains stuff in the show, maybe because it's Clarissa explains. I, I guess I understand that part now that you explain it that way. But also, can you can you read an example of one? OK, they uh, the example I'm going to give you here. She's standing there wearing giant glasses. <laughs> uh, you might know the episode. It seems like a later season. She looks a little older. Uh, colorblindness is not an actual thing, it says on top. Recognizing that people have different lived experiences depending on skin tone is one way to combat white supremacy. Yeah, you know, I just am used to funny memes, and that one doesn't seem at all amusing to me. <laughs> it's an ironic pick, the creator says, due to Hart's past run-ins with racial profiling. Oh. Uh, I uh, didn't know about that. <laughs> Weird. Clearly, I didn't do enough research. The creator <laughs> explained that they chose Clarissa, a white cultural figure, intentionally to target white people. You know how we all just love Clarissa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell us about the show. Well, first, you want to acknowledge the fact that we've been in quarantine for however long. <laughs> I don't. That's such depressing. This is, <laughs> I think, uh, we figured it out. That's like week six for you and week five for me. Yeah, I have my last day at work was March 5th. So, yeah, it's been a while because today is what? April 18th. Yeah, I we don't know when you'll be going back to in-person work. We know that I won't be at least going back to in-person work until September or August, I guess. Right. Uh, since schools have canceled in-person teaching for the rest of the year. Yep. But I had haven't seen anybody I know in person in over a month other than you when you stopped by briefly to pick up this podcasting equipment because this is our very first time recording over Zoom and not being in the same room. Yeah. And first time recording in six months? Yeah, about six months. <laughs> All right. Ever since Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yep. Just coming out for the holidays, Earth Day, like you said. I think Utah is coming up. What's yep. that, the 20th? Uh, we missed Easter. Missed Easter, you know. I don't really think there are a lot of Easter episodes to talk about anyway. 
No, we could have done Passover and done the uh, right. Rugrats special. Yes, true. So Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, today we're going to talk about Clarissa Explains It All because that's what we said we were going to cover next when we did Hocus Pocus. It just took us a long time to get there. We're people of our words. <laughs> <laughs> so the show premiered on Nickelodeon on March 23rd, 1991, and it was... The second sitcom on the network, the first was Hey Dude. So I didn't realize that. Yeah. Like when, do you know, when did Nickelodeon start? Well, it was first tested as channel C3 and then it was rebranded and that was in 1977 and then it was rebranded in 1979. Wasn't You Can't Do That on Television on earlier? Yep. But it wasn't a sitcom. It was like a. Double Dare. Okay. Stand by. Lights, camera, action. <laughs> okay, so they had they had some programming, but not sitcoms. So those were starting around 1991. At the same time they did Clarissa, there were a few others that launched at the same time. But Clarissa was the first one with a female lead, which right. is nice. The show was created by a guy named Mitchell Kriegman, who decided he wanted to make a show with a female protagonist. He, uh, cause he knows that Nickelodeon didn't have any shows like that. He was a writer for SNL and, and, and many other things. Um, and he came and kind of just created this and really, really stuck with it past the show, even with all the other stuff that he tried to keep going. Right. Yeah. I'm glad that he did. Um, Mm -hmm. The show ran for five seasons through October 1st, 1994, and was part of the SNCC lineup of Saturday night night shows starting in 1992. And I'm pretty sure everyone except Drew remembers its simple but memorable theme song. Na, 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 na. I I knew it when I heard it, but I just, it was not in my brain. Like it had left my brain. If we had gone to trivia and there was a music round and that theme song was played, do you think you would have known what show it was for? I think I would. It's hard for me to say now because I've just heard it. Yeah. <laughs> like if maybe if you played me a bunch of theme songs and I, I don't know, who knows? Yeah. We could try it with other shows of that era that I certainly <laughs> don't remember like the theme songs too. But speaking of SNCC, I don't know if it was just me, but I felt super cool whenever I got to like stay up and have control of the TV to watch SNCC. Yeah. Like if I got control instead of like my dad was doing that or somebody else was, cause we just had the one in the living room. We couldn't go watch somewhere else. Me and my sister, but we just felt super cool. when we get to do like late night, Saturday night, Nick, even though it wasn't <laughs> even late night, it was like six o'clock or something. No, it was eight. It was eight to 10. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Thank God. <laughs> it's like five to seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was eight to ten. I mean, I'm like ninety-three percent sure. No, that that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, we watch SNCC all the time. And I don't remember where we watched it, especially when I was really young. I guess we would have done it on the main TV, but when my sister and I had a room that we shared. We had a TV in there. Yes. So we I know we watched Nick in there. That ran down the middle of the TV so <laughs> you could watch half and she could watch half. Yeah. <laughs> I know we watched Snick there a lot. That was where we mostly watched it. 
I have very distinct memories of watching all that. Ah, uh, yeah. We gotta do all that soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so many, so many memories of that. Most of them are Amanda Bynes related because either hers or Keenan's were always the best. Same. But anyways. But we're talking about Clarissa. Yeah, let's stick with that one. <laughs> so the show centered around teen Clarissa Darling, who is played by Melissa Joan Hart, who we already talked about when we discussed Sabrina the Teenage Witch. But mm-hmm. I'm sure Drew has some little facts that he uncovered that he hasn't shared yet. We'll get to some of them. Yeah. Does the opening credits remind you of like Sabrina when she snaps and like changes her clothing and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. When they cut away from the show and go to commercials, there's a little snippet that happens then too. And she always wears some different clothes there. So that kind kind of reminds me of Sabrina as well. Yeah. Or maybe it's just because she's the same character in both. Possibly. (laughs) Maybe she's not uh, stretching very much. (laughs) Yeah. So Melissa Joan Hart got this role. She was auditioning for this one and the role of six on Blossom at the same time. Which Drew has never seen. No, I've never seen Blossom. And Had like, never even heard of it. Yeah. Like now <laughs> I know it's a show when I see the name, but I'm still like, what is that? Like six? <laughs> is that even a person? What is she a prisoner? That's a person. And we can talk about it when we get to Blossom someday. But the person who played six is now like, I don't know if she's royalty, but she lives in like a castle in Europe. Is it that Meghan Markle? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that her name? That That is her name, but okay. that's not who I'm talking about. Is it one of the Olsons? I feel like they probably live somewhere. No, no I have no idea what her name is. Oh, okay. But yeah, she ended up choosing this one instead of Blossom. Which is a weird choice going for a cable show versus a network one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe she just felt like this character was more her or maybe she well, got Well, and here she's the lead. Whereas on Blossom, Six is a side character. Okay. See, I don't know. For all I knew, Six is Blossom the main character? Blossom is the main character. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. But she got asked to audition uh, after a producer's friend saw her delivering a monologue in an off-Broadway play um, about getting her period. Powerful stuff. Yeah. Must be like, wow. She can really do it all. And, uh, like what an awkward thing to ask somebody for after that's, I don't know, like, (laughs) especially cause she's like a, a preteen girl at this point. Like I thought it was beautiful. You talking about your period. Like it just seems weird. Yeah. Not the most, you know, I I can't even think of what the word is. I I can't picture a guy going up to a young girl and having that conversation. (laughs) Well, shame on you for assuming the producer's friend is a guy. Oh, that's true. Well, actually, I was assuming that the person who went up to her was the creator. I wasn't. Oh, yeah. No, it was like a friend of the producer of somebody on the show. Um, But uh, Mitchell Kriegman really liked her. He said it was between her and somebody else, but they just really liked Melissa Joan Hart so much better and thought that she pulled off like just the assertive attitude and like uniqueness of uh, Clarissa to the point that when they were pitching the show and showing like the executives, the original stuff, they felt like Clarissa was too rude and asked it to be changed. Um, but Kriegman argued that no, it's 
just because she's a girl that you're saying that if she was a male character, you'd let it go. And they're like, okay, touche. Yeah, and Clarissa is a good kid. Like, she doesn't do a whole lot on the show that is considered bad. Like, we've talked about Pete and Pete, and they do way worse stuff than Clarissa ever did. Like, Pete and Pete were out there, you know, destroying pumpkins and digging tunnels and causing menace around their little town. Having actual tattoos already? Yeah. (laughs) At age, like, 11? (laughs) Yeah, something like that, 10 or 11. Well, he had it pretty... He had it before the show started. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, this show, it just screams the 90s to me. The colors, the technology, everything that Clarissa wears, it's just 90s. What were your feelings on her room? I loved her room. when you were a child and seeing it now. Seeing it now, I'm like, no, I wouldn't want to have had that room, but seeing it then, how it was clearly her creation with the checkerboard pattern and how she painted over a bunch of the different pieces of furniture, I just had no concept of being allowed to do that. And it just elevated her level of coolness for me. What was your childhood room like? My sister and I shared a room for a long time, probably from when I was seven until 12. And, you know, it was a big-ish room and we rearranged the furniture all the time, but my mom painted it. She did this like pattern that matched our bedspreads. So it was very, very matchy-matchy and all pastel colors. So... Not exactly on the same level as Clarissa's room. I remember at one point, so I was very into sports. Uh, You think? I was not very good at sports. Quite the contrary. But I was very into sports. Yeah. And at one point, my dad got me all these pendants of like every NBA, NFL, MLB uh, team and NHL team and hung them like just around and I had a wall that was MLB and a wall that was NHL and a wall that was NFL and so on. And like, I just loved it. And that was what my room was decorated. In. It was not a good look. <laughs> How long was it like that? I don't know. I guess at least a couple of years. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's much better now. Although there's still some sports memorabilia in there, like a couple signed baseballs, hockey pucks. Yeah. Not as cool as Clar- Clarissa's room. Yeah, Clarissa's room is just super cool. I don't know. There's no other way to describe it. It's just cool. <laughs> yeah. And it is loud. It is it's I think it is like between having like the computer in there and as you said the choice to like change it to put what she wants. That's what that's what you want as a kid is like right. you want technology and you want control. Yeah, and her room definitely matched her clothing style. It was very eclectic. Things didn't go together, but it somehow worked in a weird way. There and like she was definitely a an influencer of people's fashion <laughs> back then for sure. Yeah. Man, if she had Instagram, she would have been so rich. Oh, they would have had so much social media going for like her thing. They would have been having like clothing lines now. Yeah. <laughs> there were Clarissa clothing lines for sure. Oh my sure. God. I can't even imagine. Wow. I hadn't thought about that. (laughs) Yeah. But there was one color that was always missing from her wardrobe. Right. Well, from everything, purple. Yeah. Uh, 
which was because the show's creator was told you need to get the crew under your control and assert your authority. And so he just made up a rule and that's it. Can't have purple on the show. I don't want to see it. Well, they had enough other colors that I definitely never noticed purple was missing. Yeah, no, you don't. It's not something you're like, oh, God, I always see every color in here except purple. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that's really cool about the show is how Clarissa often, very often, speaks directly to the camera. And there's usually some digitized graphics overlaid with that. Yeah, they said like that the, the graphics were one of the hardest things for them to do, um, which makes sense. Like the software that we have now for photo editing and video editing is vastly superior to 1990. So they had to hire an actual newsroom graphic artist and he would spend like hours doing it and making it so that it looked like it was a teenager a high, or a high school or a middle school or whatever she was at the time who was doing these, that it was a child making them. Yeah, they do look drawn. They don't look like they were created with, you know, software. They look like somebody went and drew it and then it was just like on the screen. And they use those same colors as everything else on the show. A lot of pinks and blues and yellows, that kind of thing. Yeah, and it I mean, the whole fourth wall breaking thing, It's it feels like there's a lot of shows that have done it since then, but it felt definitely new for a... For, especially for a kid's show, uh, for them yeah. to talk directly to you. Yeah, it definitely broke conventional sitcom rules. You know, Sex and the City kind of famously did it in season one. Nobody really liked that. But with Clarissa, it's like a hallmark of the show. Yeah, and everyone loves it. That's why there's memes. <laughs> and, you know, Clarissa, in doing this, she was frank and outspoken and Above all else, she was real and relatable, and she just kind of seemed like a friend. She seemed like the cool friend that you weren't really sure you could actually be friends with in real life, except for the fact that by seeing her this way, you really got to know her. And so then you're like, if she just knew me, then we could be friends. I think I just had a crush on Melissa Joan Hart back then. That was probably most of it. Yeah. <laughs> But she also would develop like computer programs and video games to work out different problems that she was dealing with in her life on each episode. So sometimes they were meant to kind of demonstrate what she was going through and sometimes to actually solve it. And for me, that really just added to the tone of the show, adding that technology layer and showing that it was different than everything else that was on TV. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. And it's definitely, it's like, Shows back then, especially kids shows, it was, it was either a boy show or a girl show. And it would do boy things or girl things. And this didn't really do that. It was this is a show. Everyone's going to watch it. It's good yeah. for everyone. Yeah, I never really thought about the fact that it was, you know, gender neutral in its likability. Because, you know, I was a girl. I liked it. And my sister also liked it. I didn't really talk to other people who were watching. I didn't talk to, to, to people about shows that much, especially shows back then. So it wasn't something I ever thought about. Probably not until like middle school or high school. I don't feel like I talked to people about like what I was yeah. watching. Yeah. 
So Clarissa and her family, they live in suburbia. Her dad is Marshall. Her mom is Janet. And she has a younger brother named Ferguson who is pretty, like, conservative and nerdy. And it's funny that she makes fun of him so much because especially with, like, how she is literally programming video games, she's kind of nerdy herself, but somehow still comes across as, like I said, very cool. And then her best friend is Sam. He's a neighbor who enters her house through her bedroom window by using a ladder and, you know, not creepy at all. That would never fly in a show today. No. Like, if they did do that, then it would end up being, like, an episode about, like, home security and home invasion and, like, (laughs) mistaken identity or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they did do the same thing on Dawson's Creek how Joey would come in Dawson's window. But, I mean, again, that was a long time ago. Right? Hmm? Dawson's Creek was after this, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was after. It was probably, I think, like, 98 or so. Yeah. So, a few years after, but kind of gender roles reversed. Yeah. As as Katie and I both found out in our, our research here, the ladder going up, though, I always imagined that for, because I'm an idiot, that like <laughs> they had a set that was two stories. Of course, why why wouldn't they have a set that's two stories and he had to climb up it each time? No, it's three three rungs. Yeah, he had to lay on the ground and wait for his cue and then pretend like he was climbing up a big ladder. Yeah, which you know, I guess props to his acting. I bought it. <laughs> Yeah. And I, at the time, thought it was really cool. I was like, oh, like, I would love to have a friendship like that, whereas they were, you know, coming in through the window to come hang out. Because it seemed, I think, to separate away from, you know, when they're not coming in the front door, families not seeing them and all that stuff. And it's just maybe is a little bit more mature of a friendship, for lack of a better word. Um, do you know why they did that? No, because they wanted to find a way to get around having Sam like knock on the door, the mom or somebody answer it, say, oh, Clarissa's upstairs and like go through (laughs) all of that, which I mean, they could just have him come in. Yeah. Well, they could just have him knock on the door, her bedroom door and just not show the whole other part of it. Exactly. Right. Like (laughs) mm, your logic's lacking here. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, the show ended in 1994 because Melissa Joan Hart had aged out of the role at 17, but they did shoot a pilot for CBS in 1995 where I guess it was Clarissa taking a job as a newspaper intern in New York City And it wasn't picked up, but supposedly the pilot did air on Nickelodeon. I don't remember ever seeing it. Yeah, me either. There was also a novel that Kriegman, the creator, wrote about it, uh, about her being 26 and living in New York City. So he was clearly very invested in the character of Clarissa. Yeah. (laughs) Which, I mean, it's fair. He created this show that's like his baby. You'd want to see it keep going, I guess. Yeah, I at one point almost bought it, but then realized I wouldn't actually read it and it would have been a waste of money for me. So I didn't. (laughs) That's, I mean, smart choice. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I have to talk myself out of things like this and it doesn't happen all the time, 
but you know, it, <laughs> it happens when it happens. Yeah. It should happen more often than it does. Yeah. Yeah. I know <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> Every time I want pizza, uh, <laughs> there is also a board game. Really? A Clarissa board game. Oh, wow. And yeah. You should, you should Google it. Um, the goal of the game was to win a car. Clarissa explains her favorite food. Pretty much anything, as long as it's being served to me in this hot Italian sports car. Clarissa explains her favorite color. Chrome, although candy apple red with a black pinstripe is nice, too. Clarissa explains friendship. Any friendship, it's very important to communicate. No better way than by car phone. Interesting. I just looked it up. Oh, there's like car keys as pieces or something. I, I didn't actually look at the game. Uh, let's see. It's on board Game Geek. Okay, good. That's where I'm at. It looks like Monopoly for the most part, but like way less. Clarissa Darling, 44 Shadow Lane, somewhere in Illinois. She's an organ donor. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I would have thought they'd had like a video game or something to go along with the technology that she was always using. Right? That'd be cool. Like where you're just kind of going through her life and trying to like Ferguson is just annoying you the whole time. You're just trying to do things to get Ferguson. That's literally, I think, one of the games that she makes on the show. Um, so do you want to get into the episodes? Yeah, let's do it. The first one that we watched is No TV, which is season one, episode three, and it aired April 7th, 1991. So do you want to take a stab at recapping this in a minute? I do. I would have been. You said it was April 1991? April 7th, 1991. Okay, so I was three when this came out. <laughs> not yet four. So I don't have a good memory, but... <laughs> I was almost six. Okay. Yeah, I think I can do this. I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. So in the Darling House, there's no TV allowed. They are trying to bond and get closer together. Ferguson is trying to beat this by playing video games hidden in his book. Clarissa is staging a protest and eventually deciding to hook up illicit cable to her computer through like a satellite on the roof. Dad is, I don't know, nothing. And mom turns to smoking. Um, Sam, whose father is forcing him to watch TV, comes over and he is becoming a surf bro or something uh, because of all this. He helps Clarissa with the plot to steal TV, steal cable, brings like a huge thing of coil, uh, and they end up getting only Russian channels and eventually blowing out the actual TV. Eventually they decide we can watch it, but we got to be careful because there's a lot of bad stuff on TV. <laughs> that, that the end? That's the end. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was an episode. It was one that I've seen a lot. Um, so one of the things that really stood out to me within the first 20 seconds was that the mom, Janet, would really like this whole self-isolation thing that's happening in the world right now because the whole point of the no TV was for the whole family to be spending time together. And with self-isolation, that's literally all people can do. They would have no other choice. No choice. I mean, they could be distracting themselves with, you know, TV and video games and stuff like that. But, I mean, I think 
Janet would probably be welcoming that by like day five. Yeah. Yeah. I assume she would be, she definitely would have started like a family bread colony. They would be making of each doing their own bread starter or something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the first thing that I thought, and this is my first note on here is that the sound editing feels very dated. Like you hear a lot of sound effects of doors like when it doesn't need to be or like excessively loud footsteps when they're just walking normally just so you like you know they're moving. I guess that might be because the network has a lot of cartoons on it and so that's something that they're used to or that the audience is used to with cartoons and so maybe they thought they needed to put it into a sitcom as well. Maybe. I don't know. But like every time Sam comes in the window, there's this like one guitar chord. Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like in sitcoms they still have like entrance. Do they? No, I guess I don't not as think much. So. <laughs> Maybe on like the Big Bang Theory type shows or things like that. I have no idea. But they definitely that was an there was an era of that of like let's make sure that we have our entrance music. Yeah. So for sure, one thing that I noticed was that. Their TV screams 90s. We had a very similar TV growing up. Ours was bigger than this, but it's one of those CRTs that's encased in wood sitting on the floor with a brown cable box on top. You know the one. Everybody had the same one. It was like the shape of a box, but it took up somehow more space than a box. Yeah. (laughs) And it had red numbers Red, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the channel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, our TV was pretty big. I took it with me when I went to college. And after junior year, we just left it in the house that we were renting because it was literally too much effort to move it. But yeah, I think a lot of people had these TVs that were like encased in wood. I know that until like two years ago, we still had in the upstairs guest room at my parents' house, like this fucking humongous TV. It had to been like 50 inch TV, but it was an older one. So it was like the size of a dresser behind it. Just this huge thing. And we just couldn't get rid of it. Like no one wanted to carry it downstairs to throw it out. Cause we're like, uh, that's how you break your back. (laughs) And no one would buy it because why? And eventually someone came to actually buy it. Wow. Nice. I got rid of my CRT TV that I bought when I was 13, probably four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It wasn't that big. Yeah, I, I think it was 24 inches. No. Got to get the Michael Scott plasma screen TV. <laughs> um, one thing I want to talk about was Sam and specifically Not the same thing that I think you want to talk about, Sam, about, uh, but we can go all of it. He comes into a room and he, I think that he brings a floppy disk out of his back pocket, puts it in her computer, types something really quickly, and then ejects it and puts it back in his pocket. Did he give her a virus? Is he putting in like spyware? Is this before they decide they can't be (laughs) dating and just be friends? Yeah, I don't think that he did that. I think he took the floppy disk off of her shelf or something because she was complaining about, you know, not being able to watch TV. And he says something like, try some new software. And I think that he like grabs a disk and uses that as like an example 
Sorry, this no TV thing's got me a little on the edge. Just gotta chill out. Try some new software or something. At least that way you can look at the computer monitor. Because today, if the TV was taken away, she wouldn't be able to do that and just, you know, use her computer instead because I watch TV on my screen, on my laptop, all the time. Yeah, she would not be allowed to have her phone because she would just find... You know that a girl like Clarissa, if she was being raised today, would have like multiple cell phones, like a tablet. Uh, she'd have her, you know, her computer that she does graphic design on and then her computer she does gaming with. There would be multiple things. Yeah, totally. It would be much harder for them to enforce those rules. But yeah, speaking of Sam... I was blown away by his outfit, like completely. It is the most 90s thing that you could even conceive of. Just picture in your head a 90s outfit. And what Sam is wearing is 10 times more than that. He's wearing a neon green backwards baseball cap, a tie-dye shirt that has all the colors on it, hot pink and neon green shorts, a neon green fanny pack, neon green and blue sunglasses, and a slap bracelet. And he calls this surf punk. Surf punk. He said he and his dad are getting into surf punk. We establish that it's one day that passes in this episode, right? When he came over with the floppy disk, I'm pretty sure he was wearing like a flannel shirt or something like that. So one day later, he is now in surf punk and has a surfboard and he and his dad are going to get big kahuna tattoos. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Did you notice the parents uh, sex play cosplay uh, fantasy that's going on there? Oh, yeah. Their uh, Casablanca fantasy. While, While the kids and a neighbor are right there just going into it and the dad's like oh it's getting exciting in here yeah clarissa tries to trick janet into thinking about tv as a ploy to get her to loosen the rules and all of a sudden janet is delirious imagining herself as ingrid bergman and marshall as humphrey bogart uh she's like humphrey uh, Mama marshall it takes her a while to snap out of it oh yeah she's deep in the fantasy. <laughs> um Any other big 90s things that you noticed in this episode? You got the corded phones. The corded phones, everything that the mom wore, which was like the most high-waisted skirt with a really thick belt. One specifically 90s thing that I feel like is they had a bunch of those nesting dolls. Oh, yeah. If you notice in the back, they have like those little, there were dozens of them. Matryoshkas. Yeah. They they had dozens of them. Just, I have some. I feel like those were a lot bigger in the 90s. <laughs> I remember a bunch of people having them as like decorations. Yeah. My family has Ukrainian heritage, so that's part of the reason why we have them. But the only other thing I wanted to call out was that at one point, Clarissa says that the average kid watches three and a half hours of TV a day and... I don't think that's very much time at all. She said that as if it's a lot. And probably at the time it was because kids back then were, you know, playing outside and doing things 
like using their imaginations. But I mean, I watch way more than three and a half hours of TV a day. Right now or back then? I mean, probably back then as well, but definitely now. See, I didn't. That's this. I think this is where we differ on the TV thing is for the 90s, because like I didn't watch a lot of TV. I would watch it at the end of the night after dinner. And then I'd watch it a little bit when I got older during uh, Toonami when I wanted to watch Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) But mostly I was like you said, I was outside playing with my imagination or in my case, just being a loner and like bouncing a a tennis ball down the street as I (laughs) biked or whatever. Yeah. Um, I definitely remember getting home from school, watching TV until our parents came home. And then we always had the TV on while we were eating dinner and the TV was just on for the whole rest of the night. I mean, I definitely played outside. I would play, you know, baseball and basketball and whatever. For those who have never seen Katie, she's pale as as a ghost. She is Boo Radley has never left. (laughs) It's not true. Not so. But yeah, I just needed to bring that up because they kind of make this a PSA in that moment where they're like, the average kid watches three and a half hours of TV a day. And Sam says, I'm not watching enough. I mean... You're right, though. Like today, kids are getting way more than that just on screen time of their of their phones alone. I mean, there's hardly a moment in the day where I'm not looking at a screen. Because, I mean, even when I'm reading, I'm reading on a Kindle. It's a Kindle, not a tablet one. It's one that looks like paper, but still, okay. that's a screen. Man, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta help. We gotta do an intervention for you. <laughs> I was multitasking earlier today playing Animal Crossing while I watched The Office on my laptop and I had that like on my lap, (laughs) but I had Animal Crossing on the TV. (laughs) Why? (laughs) God. I can't stand the quiet. You don't like the Animal Crossing songs? Not at this point. It's been like five weeks of it. Yeah, I still sing them. (laughs) <laughs> Every time. I like all the articles, though. Just one last aside of people are like, I think this game's boring. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a lot of terraforming today, I'll tell you. You have? Yeah. Nice. Um, so, should we rate the episode? Uh, Yeah, why don't you go first? All right. I like this episode. It's one that I actually own. I purchased it on Amazon a while ago. And I picked it because I thought that Drew would talk about the Star Wars thing and how there was a very obvious Star Wars reference where there's even a title crawl and a lightsaber fight. But apparently it wasn't memorable enough. Uh, There were just so many things. (laughs) I... Love this because Clarissa was very obviously using her pseudo geekiness to work around the TV situation by hacking her computer into a TV. And as a kid, that's something I definitely would have thought was very cool. And I probably did at the time and don't remember. So I thought it was still entertaining. And I'm going to give it four giant surfboards that... Sam carries into the house for no explicable reason out of five. That's fair. And I know I'm, I don't know how I could bypass the remote control lightsaber fight, but (laughs) (sighs) 
I don't know. Maybe I'm Star wars out. Uh-oh. Wow. God. I can't even remember the last time I wanted to just sit down and watch Return of the Jedi. <laughs> A month ago? Two? Huh. I, I liked the episode. I don't think that I retained... Like, I don't think I liked it now as much as I liked it when I watched this as a child, if that makes sense. Um, but I still enjoyed it. And like, I thought it was good. And I like the whole premise of the no TV. That was always something I feel like that happened in a lot of sitcoms, but I thought they did a good episode with it. And all of Clarissa and Sam shenanigans were ridiculous. Like, I don't understand how they got all that cable upstairs. The four foot spool of cable. Yeah. And I was definitely sure Sam was going to get electrocuted, but he wasn't, (laughs) uh, so I'm going to give it three and a half big kahuna tattoos out of five. Nice. Yeah. Um, before we get into the second one, I've got a couple trivia questions for you. And just a little fact. Questions. Wow. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> what is it that the writers would get bonus points for with the stories and scripts that they were making and writing? That was a weird way of phrasing that. (laughs) You actually told me this when you came over the other day, and I can't remember. (laughs) That's why you always get to pay attention. For having a good sibling rivalry story in it, the writers would get bonus points, which (laughs) I don't know what that means. What bonus points means? Yeah. I mean, I hope it's a bonus payment. I was thinking it might be like you have a better chance of your episode getting picked up. Yeah, maybe. When they started the show, Kriegman had a show Bible that was 52 pages long that gave like all these instructions and tips and things for people who were writing scripts. And at the end, it says that if they have the ability or the facilities to modem the script over to them, please let the staff know so they can modem them the script. It's so funny. I've never heard that term at all. But I mean, this was 1991. And I don't think that we, I mean, we had the internet in 88, but I don't know when we got our first email addresses. Yeah. I have no idea what my, my first email address was like airhead something because I <laughs> liked airheads, the candy. Airheads were great. Airheads and warheads, you know? Um, did you ever, okay, this is important. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever bring in like snacks or candy or whatever on your birthday to school? Um, when I was really little. Yeah. So my birthday's in the summer. So what my mom would do is on my half birthday, she would let me bring something in and I always brought in airheads. <laughs> yeah. I guess my birthday is right at the cusp of when school was getting out. So it's probably very infrequent where I had the opportunity. I think this year Seattle schools get out the day after my birthday. I forget where we were at. Where were we talking about? You were doing trivia questions. Oh yes. Second one here. In 1994, there was a Clarissa album that was released. Do you know what it was called? (laughs) Uh, The first thing that popped into my head was like a clueless thing. Um, Is it some line from the song like, way cool? Kind of. Kind of. You're close. I'm like, it's called, this is what Nana means. Oh, okay. <laughs> Clarissa sang this, or Clarissa, Melissa Joan Hart sang the songs, I guess. Wow. I vaguely remember her singing with Sabrina as well, so that kind of makes sense. 
Um, I'll yeah, I'll just do the fact here. Early on in the show, or early right before filming, maybe even uh, Clarissa Melissa Joan Hart lost a baby tooth, and it never grew back in. And the producers wouldn't let her fix it because they thought it made her look younger. Yeah, I think that makes sense because I think she was playing slightly younger than she was. So, yeah. that's fair. Um, you want to go on to the second one? Yeah. So the other episode we watched is Alter Ego, which is season five, episode five, and it aired December 18th, 1993. Do you want to put some time on the clock for me to try to recap this and fail miserably? Yep. I'll put my hand up uh, on the screen at 30, 20, and 10 seconds. Okay. Okay. Yep. Ready and go. So Clarissa went to a party. She was dressed as this like rocker chick who had a black wig, kind of like Joan Jett style, a black choker and black clothes and a tattoo, I guess. And she was calling herself Jade. And at this party, she meets the drummer of the band that was playing at this house party. And it's James Vanderbeek. And his character's name is Polly. And she just puts on this entire persona that's totally not herself. She pretends to have a Long Island accent and to be more rebellious and wants to come clean to him because she really does like him, but never really does get there. And eventually he comes over and shows that he got this like skull earring inspired by her and says, you're so strong about yourself. And she says, well, you don't know, but I, this isn't me. I'm actually Clarissa. And Whatever. I have no more time. (laughs) I was going to try to explain, but I knew I wouldn't finish in time. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You did admirable. (laughs) I didn't bring up the cat. The cat wasn't a key part of the story, so. It was a key part of Ferguson's story. Yes. The B plot, I guess you would say. Yeah, which uh, one of the things I was reading actually is that like most of the episodes for here for the show, like the A plot is this ridiculous thing. And the B plot is the serious one, as opposed to most shows where it's a plot is the serious thing. B plot is fluff, but yeah. Yeah. Well, some other Nickelodeon shows don't even have a B plot. They're just a plot. And that's kind of why they're hard to watch as an adult because it's just so boring. Oh yeah. You're like, huh? wonder what's going to happen here in this straightforward story. Yeah. Um, my first thing that, I have on this one is obviously that it has the Dawson, as you said, uh, in there as the drummer, yep. James Vanderbeek, and he looks so young. Baby James Vanderbeek. Like I knew it was him, but I still at first was like, "That's not really him." Okay. <laughs> hey, you're good. It sounded okay. Okay, I thought my brains were gonna jell apart in my ears. It was hidden, and you're so, so. Straight? Yeah. You gonna go pro? <laughs> you kidding? My parents would die. They don't even know I'm in a band yet. And he looks like somebody that would get along well with Clarissa as opposed to Jade. Because he's, you know, blonde and she's blonde. And he was dressed very casually. He didn't have, you know, earrings or tattoos. He wasn't all goth like she was. He seemed like super intimidated by her as that person. Like, wow, you're so out there. I wish that I could fascinated. meet someone like you. He was fascinated by her. Yeah. Yeah. I just, 
I mean, I love James Vanderbeek. Truly. I think he's hilarious. Did you ever watch the show? Uh, I think it was Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 3 or 23 or something. I know of it, and I know that he played himself on it, but I don't think I ever watched it. His parody of himself is so funny. It's like the main reason I kept watching that show. <laughs> I think he makes something at one point called Beaks Jeans BJs and tries to oh, keep going around saying he's going to give everyone BJs. <laughs> nice. So I'm just going to call out a quick 90s thing that jumped out at me. And it was when Clarissa was trying to answer the phone as Jade in order to intercept Polly's call because Sam gave her number to the friend of a friend or whatever. And it's actually a telemarketer asking about their long distance service. (laughs) And that's not something we really have to worry about anymore. (laughs) No, we just get scam calls left and right now. That's it. Yeah. I get a lot of calls that are in Chinese. I don't get that, but ever since I've had this phone number, I get calls and texts asking for Amir. It's, it actually stops occasionally, but like I got one maybe two weeks ago. It was like, Amir, we just wanted to check on your Medicare subscription or something like that. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not Amir. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> no, I get a lot of calls that are in Chinese, but yeah, like long distance in general, you don't get charged for that anymore. And that's something that I totally forgot was a thing back in the 90s. Like when I wanted to call my cousin in Idaho or something like that. I had to ask permission, I'm pretty sure. Right? Like my dad's cell phone had a different area code than ours because he worked mostly down like in Detroit instead of in the suburbs. And like, so we could never call his cell phone because it was (laughs) long distance because it was to a different area code. Yeah. (laughs) God. Nice. So ridiculous. Like, but even I moved out here seven years ago and even at that point, like, People are like, oh, you're going to have to change your phone number so you don't get long distance everything. Weird. I think that was still something like around the like 2010, like some phone plans still didn't have unlimited coverage everywhere. Wow. I guess I never realized that. Um, I want to talk about the cat. <laughs> Bubblegum. William F. Buckley. I love everything that they give this cat. And I love that Ferguson is afraid of pink and won't let his boy cat have a pink scratching post. Yeah. (laughs) He said it was too girly. Yeah. But you said you know who the girl whose cat it was is. Yeah. So Ferguson gets this cat at like the taco truck or something. And they later find (laughs) the the missing cat poster was just a drawing of a cat. And they're like, look, it's the same. (laughs) I I, think I I didn't notice that at first because I was dealing with my cat and then oh. I like kind of did a double take. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it was a drawing. And the girl, when she comes to pick up her cat, is Shannon Woodward, who is an actress still today. She was on Raising Hope all of the seasons. I don't remember how many there are, but I watched her on that. And most recently, she's been on Westworld. And, and I, just I don't know. I haven't seen really a lot of Westworld. I probably have seen like five episodes. I don't know her character's name or anything. I just know that she works for like that company. She's not one of the characters. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of her now and I don't know who she is on the show. <laughs> and she's also in that video game. Oh, now I know who she is. Okay. 
She's in that video game, The Last of Us 2, that's coming out or came out or something like that. That's supposed to be very, like, a big deal. But She's Elsie in Westworld. Got it. But yeah, so the little girl, though, like, her whole situation seemed rough. Dad's doing missionary work in Calcutta, which I took as code for he left the family. And that's like what the mom told them. Oh, that's how I read it instantly. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and the mom is like working at the taco truck, maybe or something. I don't know. Trying to make Yeah, the mom meet. is working at the taco. I don't know if it's a truck or not. I just inferred. And the little girl just has to like sit outside the truck all day. And the only thing she has to keep herself happy is that cat bubble gum. God. Drew's going to cry. Uh, it's touching. <laughs> what else? At the very, very, very beginning, there is a reference to Achy Breaky Heart, the oh, song God. by Billy Ray Cyrus. And Billy Ray Cyrus was actually the first concert that I ever went to back at the Puyallup Fair, which is now the Washington State Fair. Still one of the more insane places I've ever been. Yeah, I haven't been since I was like 10. You got to go next year. (laughs) It's such good people watching. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, at this concert, there are women throwing their bras onto the stage. Well, you know, when you have a chance to throw your bra at the singer of Achy Breaky Heart, boy. There's no other choice. How are you going to turn Billy Ray down? (laughs) Look at that mullet. Yep. Uh, My first concert was Janet Jackson. She did a lap dance on a person, like some guy she pulled up on stage from the the pit. I didn't know what was going on. I was like nine or (laughs) ten. I I was with my mom. I was very confused. (laughs) Still memorable, though. Oh, it definitely made me confused. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, uh, at the end, when she finally is revealed, after her parents seemingly are unfazed by her having a random boy they've never met at their house when they're supposed to be gone whatever she says like who she is and the first thing that james vanderbeek says is what are you a geek or something yeah she says no and then he says we'll see (laughs) (laughs) yep what are you a geek or something we'll see i mean maybe she's not a geek but she's kind of a nerd She's something, yeah. <laughs> um, but it seems like they they must, you know, stay together. You're not sure if this is the only episode he's in. I feel like he's got to be in another episode because I read online that they shared a kiss on the show and they were each other's first on-screen kiss. The last part of the episode is that Janet asks if they'll be seeing more of Polly and she thinks they will. So, yeah, it makes so. sense. It tracks. The beak. The Dawson. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, goodness. And, you know, the only other thing I've got is they really complained a lot about squash and eating squash and how big the squash was that they were going to have to eat. And I like squash. I didn't like squash then. I don't even think that I ate squash as a kid, but I would eat it now. Yeah, I'm all right. (laughs) Oh, man. Did you catch the Shakespeare reference in the episode? I don't think so. Uh, she says, what's in a name? And like talking about, uh, I think when they're either, it's either when, I think it's when they're naming the cat. 
No, it was definitely about Polly because they, they would have been like Romeo and Juliet. Okay, that's how it is. I had it written <laughs> down and then I deleted it, but I just remember there's a Shakespeare reference to Romeo Got and Juliet. It. You want to rate? Yeah. yeah. You go first. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Um, so I admittedly spaced out a lot during this episode. I was excited when the beak was there uh, because I, I love James Vanderbeek, but I don't know. Maybe it was because I was like the last of the episodes that I was watching and I was just kind of like burned out from watching too much TV, uh, which fits well with the other episode. I don't know. I like the first one a little bit more. I'll probably give this one three Dawson's Creeks out of five. Nice. Yeah, I definitely wasn't as into this one. I took way fewer notes and it just didn't meet the expectation that I had for an episode that had both James Vanderbeek and Shannon Woodward. And yeah, I definitely didn't pay as close attention either. So I'm actually going to go lower. I'm going to give this two and a half hyper cool nose rings out of five. Yeah, I, I do love that it was like a nose ring is what's cool. She's going to get <laughs> an eyelid piercing next. Yeah. <laughs> and she also mentions at one point, jumping over 10 burning trash cans with her dirt bike. So (sighs) I think she says I've done nine. What's one more. (laughs) (laughs) So ridiculous. Oh man. That's the show. Um, I've only got a couple more notes here. Do you have anything? I don't. The only, the only thing I'll really quickly say is that they, we're talking about doing a reboot of this show and it's kind of stalled out. I think that's totally fine. I do not think this is a show they need to bring back in any way whatsoever. Clarissa was basically going to be a mom. So it was basically, basically going to be the same thing as what they did with boy meets world and girl meets world. I don't think we need it. Nope. We're good. Just make something new. Yep. My last little couple of random facts here. Uh, the last name, Darling, uh, of the family came because of the Darling family and Peter Pan. That's why they chose that. And I did not make that connection, even though I just watched Hook like a week ago. Yeah. And I mean, well, is he? Oh, yeah. I guess the book, he would still be. Would he be Darling, though? Well, Wendy Darling. Okay. Yeah, that's when, there you go. Thank uh, you. <laughs> yeah. What's her name? Uh, Maggie Smith plays Wendy in it. There's an episode where Ferguson is bullied. And for that episode, Melissa Joan Hart learned how to box for the, for the episode because they were going to get into a fight, but then the network like wouldn't let them do a fight because they (laughs) said a boy wouldn't fight a girl. Um, when Melissa Joan Hart graduated, they had like a celebration, you know, with the cast and whatever. And they voted her most likely to have her own series. I mean, when she graduated from high school, that yeah. happened. Yeah. So she already had her own series. I know. <laughs> I think she did get joke. another one. So it's not like they were. Well, I mean, she did. Yeah. <laughs> um, of all the characters on the show, Jason Zimbler, the guy who plays Ferguson, felt like he was the most like his character. Uh, he said he wasn't more politically nerdy, though, but he was like tech nerdy kind of like him. And he said a lot of times in the back, like when they were just waiting for their cues and stuff, um, the, the cast would try and like make the other people laugh so they would break uh, on on film. 
And he said one time he was very proud that he got uh, the guy who plays Marshall, the dad, to laugh uh, by telling him a joke. And he says, he's like, you want to hear the joke? He says, yeah. Okay. He says, how do you get four old grandmas to say fuck? <laughs> you get a fifth to yell out bingo. <laughs> he's like, I, he says, told that joke. And the guy that plays Marshall, like, couldn't keep a straight face when they well. were filming after he was just like. <laughs> laughing his ass off so he's like i felt really good as a kid to like make an adult laugh like that i guess i never really considered the fact that they were using that word on the set of a nickelodeon show yeah (laughs) that's fair yeah like that you know that those people were definitely cursing up a storm they didn't care (laughs) yeah well i was listening to the office ladies podcast this week and they were talking about the take your daughter to work day episode where they had all of the kids on set and they had to be told like don't swear anymore like you can't swear when the kids are around so i just (laughs) assumed that was how production would have been at nickelodeon shows yeah no i guess yeah they're like yeah whatever it's these kids yeah interesting oh man and that's it for me that's all i got those are my last ones i hadn't gone over So that's, yeah, all for Clarissa. And next time we're going to do Third Rock from the Sun. Yes. Which I know that I watched, but I like, I definitely remember no plot points from it other than Aliens and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There's a few things that I definitely, definitely remember. It's a show that I watched all the time. It was one that was in my rotation And there's a few episodes that really stood out to me, which are the ones that I actually picked for us to watch. So it'll be interesting to hear what you think about them. I'll have a lot of things to ask about French Stewart. That's it. (laughs) Good. In the meantime, please uh, subscribe somewhere, anywhere. Where are we on? Yeah. Uh, Everywhere. iTunes, Stitcher, your favorite podcast player. And then you can follow us on social media on Twitter at TFGIF podcast, Instagram at TFGIF podcast. And, you know, you can send us an email. We don't mind those. TFGIF podcast at gmail.com. That's all we're doing these days is emails. (laughs) Don't don't go out and see anyone. So much time. Part of the reason why we're bringing this back right now. If I mean, if I'm going to be staring at emails all day, I at least want some of them to be things that I want to read. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how it should be. Uh, but please leave a review as well. Preferably a positive one. But, you know, you do you, I guess. Yeah. And we can get back to reading a review every week, too. Yes. So and leave like, us a review. Build and my literacy. Teach me new words in them. <laughs> leave us a review and we'll, you know, read it out loud. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's it for this one. Yeah, I think I think we covered everything, right? Yeah. I hope so. Okay. Everything except we everything except Elvis the the, the crocodile. <laughs> oh. Did we not talk about Elvis? Nah, but it's okay. Clarissa has a crocodile. Its name is Elvis. It was only in six episodes because they couldn't figure out how to deal with it. And so, this is why there you we go. always listen to the end. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you uh, always leave a note. All right. Until next week. Bye. Bye.